Romans 5, verses 3 through 5, these are God's words. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. So far, the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So we heard the end of verse 2, that being justified uh, through faith in Jesus Christ brings us not just, not merely into a condition of peace with God and servitude to the Lord Christ uh, and grace, which strengthens us, a condition of strength by God's own strength uh, in which to stand Uh, but also a condition of joy over the glory that we are absolutely certain, which is the way the word hope is used, and what the word hope means, joy over the glory of God that we are absolutely certain to enter into. Uh, Because if you're not standing by your strength, if you stand in grace, which means standing by God's strength, then what question can there possibly be? if it has been guaranteed by the death of Christ and is being uh, brought to fruition, accomplished by the strength of Christ, uh, then by two unassailable infinite things, it is absolutely certain. And then the question is, what am I experiencing now that Christ is infallibly, all-powerfully using to bring me into the enjoyment of the glory of God. And the Christian answer is sunshine and lollipops and health and pleasure and trouble-free everything when everybody likes me. (laughs) That is the answer that many think they should have. And when it's not like that, they think something has gone dreadfully wrong with Christianity in general and their own Christianity in specific. But that is not the experience of those whose enjoyment of God's glory has been secured by Christ's death and is now being accomplished by Christ's strength. No, their experience is tribulation. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. We are full to bursting with joy. Um, uh, It's been a while since we had a sermon in which we opened up what that word that means rejoice, and it's the same word at the end of verse 2, rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we also glory, so that word glory and the rejoice in uh, verse 2 are the same word. And it means to be full to bursting with joy over. Uh, so that glorying in yourself is the exact opposite thing of being a Christian. And glorying in God is exactly what a Christian does, that we would be full to joy with bursting over him. Now, this seems like a very strange thing to say about your tribulations, unless you have these two unassailable things that explain to you 
the why and the how and the where to of your tribulations. Why? Because God is giving me that perfect happiness and that perfect holiness that he has intended for me from before the world began. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. That's the good that all things work together for. Is not all things work together for the you know, explainability of some small thing in our circumstances? Or he made me late so that I wouldn't get into a car wreck. Well, he might have made you early so that you would get into a car wreck, so that you might be converted, or if having been converted, so that you might be sanctified. There are car wrecks in the Christian life that are the good that God is working because they are bringing us to be full to bursting with joy over him instead of full to bursting with joy over having non-shattered legs and functioning kidneys or whatever else it is. And so since I know that what Jesus has earned by his death and is accomplishing by his strength is that I would be full to bursting with joy first and foremost over the glory of God and then in anything else or in everything else for the sake of the glory of God as the chief joy in all other joys, not just above all other joys, but in all other joys, then when he brings me through tribulations, I rejoice over the tribulations. You say, well, how are they good? Well, the full answer to that is known only by God, because he is not just working for one individual, but for his own glory and a multitude of individuals whom he is bringing to glory, bringing many sons to glory, the scripture says. But there are specific ways that he is often and always working in the troubles of believers. One, he is giving us endurance, perseverance. You know, there are some days that I don't get much endurance building in the pool. You know why? Because I don't go very hard. Maybe I'm tired or maybe I'm lazy, probably both. But I don't get much endurance that day. But some days I go hard and I plan to do 100 yards more than the previous day. And then when I get to the end and I am utterly exhausted... Instead of being satisfied that I did 100 yards more than the previous day, I do 100 more yards. On those days, I am miserable and in pain. But you know what I get? Endurance. It is literally impossible to obtain endurance without prolonged pain and prolonged difficulty. That is how endurance comes, by having something that you actually... Don't just you know, coast through, but have to endure. And is God giving his saints to come to glory not being a persevering, enduring, committed people who know that his, the worth of his glory is over against all other things and will gladly have that, uh, whatever it might cost them? Is he not conforming them to Christ? Who for the glory of God and for the glorification of his people endured the cross, despised the shame. He had a joy set before him that he would lead an eventually glorified church in the praise, the infinitely satisfying and happy praise of the infinitely, the ever-blessed God 
And for the joy set before him, he despised the shame. He endured the cross. And so if, if Jesus is a man of endurance, then are not those who are being conformed to his image being made a people of endurance? And how will they do so without suffering? Did not our Lord Jesus himself as a man, grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with men? And did he not grow in endurance with every trouble, every grief, every difficulty, every need, his whole life long, growing in endurance in the wilderness, as for 40 days and 40 nights he doesn't eat or drink? And the devil comes and says, you know, being called the Son of God must not be very valuable, because it didn't get you bread. And Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy about the comparative worthlessness of bread because he's grown in endurance which has increased even in his perfection but has increased as a man his capacity for enjoying the glory of his Father. And how humiliated Satan was and that's the righteousness that is counted for us before God. As we believe in Jesus, his own righteousness counted as if we ourselves had done that. Oh, the reward that should come to a man or a woman who has enjoyed God like that and endured like that. Well, if you have believed in Jesus Christ, it's counted for you as if you have done it. And God will give you the appropriate reward. He will not deny the righteousness of his son. But even more than that, is he not now? conforming us to the very righteousness that has been counted for us. And so we come to tribulations, and tribulations are producing in us endurance, and we become full to bursting with joy over the difficulty that God has brought into my life to make me more like Jesus. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations knowing that Tribulation produces perseverance or endurance, and perseverance, character, proven character, um, the the idea of a demonstrated goodness uh, of character is here. Uh, and as he makes us to be more and more like Jesus, we can actually see, coming out of the trial, that we are not what we were before, that we are better than we were before. We are more like Christ than we were before. And we know that this actually has an end point of being conformed to his image so that at the last, as chapter 8 says, Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. And that is what we hope for. So now we're not just hoping based on what we know from the Bible, but tribulation actually becomes a mechanism by which we begin to see some of that which, for which we have hoped. So when we say perseverance, character, and character hope, we're not talking about more anticipation of something in the future. We're talking about the hoped-for thing. That as God works in our character through our trials, we are actually starting to see some of what we uh, had hoped for as future when we came to faith in Jesus Christ. Now it's small. It's not like it will be in glory. 
We don't look in the mirror and you know see you know, the aura of a soul of the just made perfect. No, we see uh, a sinner who is not what he ought to be and not what he will be. But he is not what he was. And what he is now is more like what he will be and more like what he ought to be than what he was. And how did God do that in him? Well, he used the means of grace, of course. He honors the means that he has appointed. But he also uses his wise and good and kind providence, including our trials. And as we see it, we see God is doing what he said. We say, why did he do this? Why did he give me this hard trial that was so painful that it actually became an occasion on which I could enjoy, or not enjoy, maybe enjoy, uh, I could have uh, growth in endurance? And the answer is because he loves me. Because all legitimate children he disciplines. He gave me pain because he loves me. And I resist pain. I resist sin even when painful. And Hebrews 12 says, Come on, you haven't died of your resistance to sin yet. Which is okay to do. It's good to die resisting sin. How glad you have been to be honored by God to have had such a death. If you die resisting sin. Don't we read of the martyrs? Oh, I forget which one uh, it was who had recanted uh, and um, you know, signed the uh, the document compromising his faith, and then uh, when he uh, when the Lord steeled his resolve and he was committed to burn at the stake, uh, they brought him to the fire, extended his hand into the fire so that the hand that signed the document that had denied his Lord would burn first of that mortal flesh that was about to be eliminated. But the reason that God has brought pain into our lives, the reason that we are willing uh, to have pain, the great reason to be willing to have pain, is to be conformed to the image of the Son, to be brought to glory. And he's done it because he loves me. And so that's the end of this chain of reasoning here. We also glory in tribulation. Knowing tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. In this case, the thing hoped for. Now the hope, the the little bit of the thing hoped for that we have, does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And so the Holy Spirit, who we're going to hear about in chapter 8, is the spirit of adoption, the spirit who makes us hate sin, the spirit who makes us put sin to death, the spirit who makes us call God our Abba. He teaches us in our tribulations. This is because God has loved you. And the description here of the love of God being poured out in our hearts, I actually like the uh, old translation better. Shed abroad. So completely covered as to be doused that there would be no corner, no particle of your entire heart where the love God's love for you not not our love for God some mistranslate this as 
utterly ridiculous within the context of the book of Romans and the whole context of the Bible, uh, and, and especially this particular context with the, the righteousness of Christ and the strength of Christ, to think that a hope that does not disappoint comes from our love for God. No. It's God's love for us. And the description here is uh, the heart as if it were a surface. And the Holy Spirit communicating how much God loves us to every part of that surface so that there is not a single thought or affection or choice or desire that is uncovered by the love that God has for me. So that even when I consider my greatest tribulations in life, and I say, why did this happen? The Holy Spirit teaches me to say, because I have been adopted by a Father who loves me, and he knows how to do what's best for me. And so he's given me tribulation, so that I might be conformed to Jesus in my endurance, so that I might be all the more certain that even that, what I hoped for to see at the end that I would be like Christ, is already starting to materialize in my life as God grows me. Oh, how he loves me that he did this for me. What a blessed transformation comes to those who learn to be full to bursting with joy over God's glory, that even their tribulations become something that they can also be full to bursting with joy over, because that's what God is using in their lives to bring them to that glory. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our Heavenly Father, we bless your name for your design, for how you work in the lives of your children. And we pray for each one of us that we would have the personal, individual ministry of your Spirit to us, convincing us that we are your children, giving us faith in Christ alone for our righteousness, making us sure that it is in his strength alone that we stand, so that we will be full to bursting with joy over the certainty that we shall be like Christ and enjoy your glory. And even to be full to bursting with joy over the tribulations through which you bring us there. We do pray that you would conform us to his image, even in this life more and more, that we would be able to see that hoped-for character being brought out as a fruit of the trial through which you bring us. So make us to live by faith in Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us, in whose name we ask it. Amen. Amen.